Hello, and welcome to Dispel Magic, the podcast where we overthink how the magic of D&D might shape your campaign setting in surprising and unexpected ways. I'm Benjamin, game designer and writer. And my name's Dane. I'm a dungeon master, podcaster, and voice actor. We got a big, big episode. A lot of, a lot of little things to get through, but I think we're going <laughs> to... We're going <laughs> to... Mm-hmm. Keep, Man, no, we're keep gonna trying. Keep, you've done great so far, honestly. Better than I would have. Sorry, I kind of shrinked away from the mic there. Mm. My bad. That's okay. I'll grow to take up the space. <laughs> we're talking about enlarge, reduce today. It's true. Yeah. I, I really like this spell in, in game. It makes it feel very magical and empowering and crafty when you get to make somebody small and they go through a little... Yeah, it's, a, door it's a very fun just idea. Yeah. Yeah. Make them big. Right. Bigger the better. You got a big guy? Make him even bigger. Why That's not? Right. Yeah. Or a little tiny guy? Make him a little tinier. Yeah, make him a little tinier. Can uh, jump on top of a field mouse. Something like that. Yeah, if you're already very small to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> it only multiplies the dimensions by two, so you'd have to be pretty small to... Re- uh, small. Yeah, but okay. Yeah. Do you have any uh do you have any reduce and large stories? I don't not none off the top of I think I do. No. I in a non D D game once uh, I had a character that I was running for and who was a wizard and very invested in that who got a mutation and became a giant. And that was always really funny because he was then this like hulking ten foot wizard. Wizard. <laughs> and he like still shrunk away from fights, you know. Yeah. But that's the only kind of weird, funny large reduced ish we had a we had a group where uh, one person would get polymorphed into a giant ape quite often mm-hmm. and then somebody would enlarge that yeah. giant ape and uh, that DM was pretty lenient and mm-hmm. all, we also had two flaming fire giant swords that we just had and then the ape would wield those two swords. <laughs> That sounds incredibly goofy. It was pretty goofy. It's pretty goofy. <laughs> I like it, though. Pretty goofy it's game. a fun visual. Yeah, it is. Enlarge Reduce is a second-level transmutation spell available to artificers, sorcerers, and wizards. It takes one action to cast, has a range of 30 feet, and a duration of concentration up to one minute. The spell text says, You cause a creature or an object you see within range to grow larger or smaller for the duration. Choose either a creature or an object that is neither worn nor carried. If the target is unwilling, it can make a constitution saving throw. On a success, the spell has no effect. If the target is a creature, everything it's wearing and carrying changes size with it. An item dropped by an affected creature returns to normal size at once. Enlarge. The creature's size doubles in all dimensions, and its weight is multiplied by eight. This growth increases its size by one category, from medium to large, for example. If there isn't enough room for the target to double its size, the creature or object attains the maximum possible size in the space available. Until the spell ends, the target also has advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws. The target's weapon also grows to match its new size. While these weapons are enlarged, the target's attack with them deals 1d4 extra damage. Reduce. The target size is halved in all dimensions, and its weight is reduced to one-eighth of normal. The reduction decreases its size by one category, from medium to small, for example. Until the spell ends, the target also has disadvantage on strength checks and strength saving throws. 
The target's weapons also shrink to match its new size. While these weapons are reduced, the target's attacks with them deals 1d4 less damage. This can't reduce the damage below 1. Bigger. Smaller. More. Less. 1d4. One, one <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over it. It's like the the this, this great sword. It's a great huge sword already. It's now eight times heavy, heavier, but but just it just maims you a little bit more. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not like the damage dice of weapons in D and D make any sense to begin with. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a an inherent flaw. Yeah, yeah, like the like Whatever. the economy. Just very uh, much like just the economy. Very much. Yeah. Mm. Uh, We've we've kind of already gone over what is expected with a spell, right? Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, you're making your allies large. You might be making your enemies small sometimes. And then on occasion, as a utility thing, if you need to make an ally small to sneak in somewhere, you might Great do that. Great heist material. You got to get your reduce and large guy together. Right, so, so they, they can like shimmy through the air duct. Down the rain pipe. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. But as we do on this show... We've we've uh, we've concocted a couple of little fun things. Now, unfortunately, I see here a lot of numbers in the notes. Benjamin, have you been doing math again? We're gonna start off oh. hot and heavy on the math. Boy, real hot and heavy. Okay, uh, and let so, me just prepare real quick. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, go ahead. Numbers. Numbers. I get the chalkboard out. So, a lot of. Today, what we're going to be talking about is shenanigans having to do with the spell ending mm. rather than actually casting the spell. Interesting. Um, partly because there's less restrictions on what happens when it ends. Like as you were reading in the spell description, if you cast enlarge on something, it only grows to fill the space. If it can't mm. grow beyond that, then it doesn't. But if you shrink something down that's large and then the spell ends and it grows big again, there's no such restriction. It's going to grow to that size, regardless it, of consequences. It must. It, it must. It must fill the space. As a matter of science it's and magic. Science. It must. So anyway, just just to preview that, this first thing, and a lot of this is like trap type, type stuff and like weird combat application stuff. So the first thing I'm thinking of is that if you take a medium creature, and we're just going to say they have a strength score of 10. Standard. Yeah. It, right. It, like, it shouldn't be hard to find a, a medium creature with a strength of 10. Trip over them on yep. your way to the market. If they can hold a 600-pound object Whoa. long enough to cast the spell on them, that 600-pound object will shrink in size along with the creature to an eighth of its weight, so about 75 pounds, which, it just so happens to be, is the strength 10's now small creature's maximum carrying capacity. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So... You have them hold that 75-pound object up and drop it on an enemy's head. And as soon as they let go, that object is no longer affected by the reduced spell you cast on them and becomes a 600-pound object that's now plummeting onto the head of this unsuspecting, I don't know, robber, I guess, if we're going to do a Home Alone type yeah, of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think we should be doing Home Alone. We should probably as always much as possible. be looking at this through the lens of Home Alone. How... Badly can we maim two bandits? Yeah. And, and it'd be, Sticky, a, and wet, it'd be comical, yeah. even though if it happened in real life, it would just be horrifying. It would be completely terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> they would bleed to death. Right. Very quickly. It's, uh, it's awful what that child does. <laughs> Truly horrendous. Yeah. 
It's just striking me now, if we do enhanceability and drop it immediately, can the person carry something heavier? The strength of the bull, strength of the bear, something like that? Yeah, if you use enhance... I hadn't thought about that. That might actually impact a lot of stuff here, but enhance ability to double carrying capacity does double carrying capacity if you if you use the bull strength option. Whew. And so, yeah, I mean, in that case, it's instead of seventy five times eight, it's one hundred and fifty times eight. So in that case, you're dropping something that's over a thousand pounds, a uh, thousand two hundred pounds. Yikes! Yeah. Kevin McAllister, eat your heart out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, a paint can. Watch paint this. <laughs> um, can you can you have both of those spells on at once? Yeah. yeah. So there's a rule, and this does function as a limit on some of the shenanigans you can get into mm-hmm. with the spell. You can only be under the effect of one version of a spell at a time. Mm-hmm. So like, if you have two buddies that can cast enlarge reduce, they can't both target you with enlarge ah, and and bump you up to be like super huge. Yeah. You're only going to benefit from one of those. Super huge. So in this case, that that mix and match of spells does behoove us. Facilitate <laughs> an even wilder outcome yeah. than just with one. Cool. Okay. Oh, the more numbers. One, I'm scrolling no, down. <laughs> the, so the next one, this is super gross and I apologize to some extent for saying it. Hey, Benjamin. This is a safe place, okay? Right. If, we, we're, if we, we're talking we're about here for you. the demonic, fiendish version of Home Alone, of <laughs> Kevin McAllister. Okay. I, then, I mean, how much farther can we go? Yeah, but Then you get like a collar, a, a small Spicy. collar. Okay. Yeah. Maybe even with spikes on the inside. Sure. Oh, boy. You cast Enlarge on it so that it can easily fit around a... Whoever. Whatever. Someone's neck. What, what have you. Right. And then after the minute passes, or just when you choose to drop concentration on it, it's going to shrink back down to its normal size. Mm. With, you know, predictable consequences. Usually people probably don't survive. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I can see getting something made specifically for something like this, Mm. like like a clasping bracelet or something like that, that you can then use and enlarge it. And then when you clasp it around somebody, it, it... immediately snaps shut right so that it doesn't bust open or anything like that and and so there's this what i've just described as super grisly and violent way of using this but there might potentially also be some more utilitarian benefits to that kind of concept where maybe a particularly hard to cut material Mm -hmm. you could wrap in a wrap in an enlarged band that when the enlarged thing comes off and the band shrinks. Oh man, the packing. It's the packing opportunities. Kind of, right. Right. Amazing. We can finally ship those logs in exactly. greater quantities. Does that make the whole thing uh, the whole bundle an object then? Mm. If they're if they're wrapped up tight. I yeah, I, you know, I think you really have to dig to find the exact description of an object mm-hmm. in 5e. I think it's somewhere in the Dungeon Master's Guide. And even then, I would not call the guidance crystal clear. Mm-hmm. It does specify that places and vehicles are not objects. Wow, even vehicles, kinda huh? Kind of weird. Yeah. But basically, if it has too many parts, okay. that's not an object. So my um, dentistry idea about shrinking a tooth wouldn't work because there's too many moving parts to a human body. That's It wouldn't work, but that's not why it wouldn't work. You sure? Yeah. We talked about this before the show. Did and we? If you need me to do this to you on air. Yeah. No, I mean, you do you, man, but I'm just saying that'd be 
That'd be pretty funny. All right, well, <laughs> everybody needs to vote whether or not a dead tooth is an object or not, I guess. So tweet at us, at DispelMagicPod on Twitter. Is a dead tooth an object? It's just sitting in your mouth. There is an answer to this, and it's not the one Dane thinks it is. Um, okay so we bifurcate folks uh they deserve to die and they deserve to die uh with their entrails spilled out great oh i I wasn't that explicit oh there so there are a bunch of other traps that basically fall along the same lines Mm -hmm. um i i think they're probably a lot that you could do with just something that's triggered by weight and being able to cast enlarge right. on an object. Uh, a very quick and dirty example is if you put a rock, a, a rope bridge can very easily hold on, right. like, on the underside of it maybe. So that's oh, not, interesting. So that's yeah. not really obvious that it's there. And some adventurers start crossing it. You cast enlarge on the rock. Suddenly that rock weighs eight times what it used to weigh. The rope bridge rips apart and, and down tumbles into the... Yeah. yeah. Take that Marv. That's Home Alone. Oh, okay. That was um, Marv the Martian. But ah. right. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I, w- I was thinking in terms of traps, you can also cast it on a on a door in a dungeon, right? You can reduce a door, and if it was trapped, you can do it from far enough away. Oh, that's a really good idea. I hadn't thought about how this could actually also be used to disarm disarm or find traps because. Well, as we know, yeah. the number one most difficult thing in a dungeon is sometimes getting through a damn door. So That's true. So, I mean, this seems like uh, the skeleton key to yeah. our dreams. I mean, being able to reduce a door's size by half means you pretty much are going to be able to get through that door. Yeah. yeah. That's a really interesting. Colors? Right? Who, who needs it? It's tiny. It's a, it's a gate at that point. And probably, like, not attached to the things it used to be attached yeah, to, so it yeah, just falls yeah, over. yeah. yeah. So, uh, you're welcome, world. Um, <laughs> smuggling objects. You 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 love your thieves' guilds, Benjamin. I, I do. I do. Yeah. I think there's probably some fairly obvious uses here in terms of uh, stealing something. Careful where you put it, though. Right. Careful where you well, stash I'm not, those. Where, yeah. I mean. Those things. Right. Because once they enlarge. That's true. They, they They'll get, be enlarged there. They get embiggened. That's true. Mm-hmm. Wherever um, that is. So if you're stealing something for, like from a house, you can shrink it down and then take it out. I, I had also kind of thought after I'd already written the notes, so it's not in here, that you could do something like if you go to a jeweler's jewelry store. <laughs> uh, a jeweler's shop? <laughs> a jeweler's shop. Yeah. You might say. One um, could. And like maybe they have like just gemstones for sale. You could find a particularly big one, shrink it down, and then pay for it. Oh, nice. Like as this smaller version of itself. I could have sworn that was at right. least eight times as big, but I guess I was wrong. So so gems and crystals are the things that most immediately came to mind, sure. but uh, there might be other things that you could reduce or enlarge. Um, I Let mean, us know on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> just anything I say. I I, do, I was thinking be, the the duration of a minute really cuts down on a lot of potential stuff That's you could true. do because this isn't going to help you sell. For instance, if you cast it on a crystal and make the crystal really big, it's not going to help you sell it really that much unless you're going to 
show it to a person, close the deal, and get away from them yeah. all in a minute. You got to have that persuasion check or that deception check really go off yeah. seamlessly. Maybe if you've got them charmed, hmm. you you make the thing bigger, you make this like ruby bigger, you show it to them, and then you are still giving it to selling to them at a discount. Maybe then mm-hmm. it'll all go through quickly. That seems more trouble. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of effort. Like (laughs) some spell slots. That's uh, your time. The rest of your party is tapping their foot, looking at their sundials. I did. So before we move on, I did want to say, I think there's a really fun opportunity for a diehard moment Mm -hmm. where if you, so a great sword is according to the first result on Google, a great sword is 66 inches long. You know, which I'm sure that varies, but sure. know, let's say approximately. So Your if, standard generic yeah. greatsword. So if TM. you uh, cast reduce on that and make it half the size, that's a, like about two and a half feet, um, which probably could fit on a lot of people's backs. And so you could have the situation where you reduce a greatsword, tape it to your back, go up to like... Ye old medieval ye, tape. Yes, ye old <laughs> medieval tape... Uh, Sovereign glue, yeah, maybe sure sovereign glue glory. it to your back. Um, go up, pretend like you're yielding to the yeah. enemy or whatever. I give, I give. And then you rip off uh, your most of your back, I guess, if you use sovereign glue. Uh, but also this sword that then grows to full size. The skin uh, sword. The skin. <laughs> yes. The skin sword. <laughs> yeah. Let us never speak of this again. <laughs> Hello, friends. Dane here saying thank you for listening and sharing our show. Telling other people about Dispel Magic is the best way for us to grow, along with you rating and reviewing our show on whatever podcast app you use. We've also revamped our Patreon. Benjamin is writing monthly spells. There's a behind-the-screen show where we talk about our home games, along with other little extras we'll be sprinkling in here or there. So, if you like the show, please tell a friend, rate and review, and check out our Patreon. Thanks again for listening, and happy spelling. Ease travel. You're talking about moving mountains, or at least making them smaller. Yeah, so this one, like I mentioned earlier, is tricky because of the, is is a mountain a location or an object? If it's all one Solid rock. rock. This would work. Okay. Otherwise, it doesn't. I would even argue if it, it needs to be unnamed. Because if it was named, that feels like a location. I feel like naming a place makes it a place. Maybe, but that also feels like it makes it more cohesively one thing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, I don't know how much, I mean, in a, in a lot of fiction, the name, something being named or having a name changes how magic affects it. True. In D&D, that's not as a standard the case, but I, I think probably people, because that's in people's imaginations, right. I can I can see a lot of GMs probably... Nope, you named it. Yeah, the big rock and it's whatever. The big and, rock yeah, and now. whatever that. Sorry. Yeah, and whatever that means to them, whether that means it's more like a location or more cohesively one thing. Right. If if your DM is willing to allow it, or if you as the DM are willing to allow it, though, that's have, pretty epic. Having the size of a mountain or doubling the size of a mountain, having the size of a mountain is going to let you cross it much faster. Uh, granted, you only have a minute, mm-hmm. but if you think about it, running full steam ahead across a half size mountain. You're, when it does grow bigger, you're going to be a lot farther along. Twice as far. Twice as far. Mm. And and maybe even farther than that, because there might be some things that were like, had been too much to climb oh, or too, or, so whatever else. Yeah. I'm thinking about the enlarge 
aspect of crushing the other mountains around it. I had not even thought it. Well, you know, I don't know because it only grows big enough to the space that mm, it has. That's true. So I don't know what would happen in that case. Because what exactly does that mean? Does that mean if it would even hit a single tree, it can't grow? Yeah. So maybe it doesn't even work. Yeah. Hmm. I hadn't thought about that. So I just thought about how terrifying it would be if you were on a mountain and then all of a sudden it were twice as big. Like you were yeah. twice as high in the air. Yeah. And uh, it gets real cold up there. Right. So, so even if nothing else happened, even if it was just that and it was just for a minute, I think you would spend that whole minute scared shitless about what was about to happen next. And with the reduce, I guess with the reduce one, you'd have the clear path around it. Right. Because it would get smaller and the footprint of this mountain would be. Right. Potentially you could run around. You could run around. Right. Hmm. That's fun. I like that. Yeah. And then along the same lines of travel, there's a lot of, if you have your whole party and a mount and you need to get GTFO, you can enlarge your mount so that it's large enough to carry multiple party members and it has the carrying capacity to carry multiple party members. There, That's an option. Um, another really funny traveling thing that it's not for long distances, but I guess nothing is with enlarge reduce is maybe more races than halflings and gnomes, but for sure halflings and gnomes weigh so little that when they're reduced, they weigh less than 10 pounds. And the spell Mage Hand has a maximum of 10 pounds Beautiful. lift. Yeah. So once you're a tiny halfling or gnome, you can, even if you cast and reduce on yourself, you can still cast Mage Hand because I don't think it requires concentration. Pick yourself up and float around and the mage hand specifically says it floats yeah i don't know if that means it flies that that would be up to oh, your dm but at the very least you're saying you're going to avoid floor hazards right you need to you might need the floor yes mm-hmm. i don't i don't know because all it says is Float. mage hand is a floating hand and that you can move it 30 feet i don't know exactly what that means hey but... dms let's have some fun just let's, yeah. come on just let's kid. have a little bit of fun just yes and huh for once in this life Still on traveling yeah, and going back to the idea of combining spells, teleportation circles, a spell we covered last season, and we talked about how it really revolutionize mercantilism specifically because goods could be moved across vast distances instantaneously. Now, one hiccup with teleportation circle is that it requires a creature. You can't mm. just like push a cart full of stuff through it. It's got to be a creature passing through it. That creature can be weighed down with stuff, though. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I think enlarge could would be really useful. Like, you have an elephant, you load it up with stuff, you cast enlarge, you load it up with even more stuff, and you send it through the teleportation mm-hmm. circle. A big, one big circle. I'm also thinking about putting some backpack straps on a wagon, and then just somebody right, putting sure. on the wagon, and suddenly they're wearing the wagon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that that would be... I think wagons are, are definitely... The easiest way to make that happen quickly. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, in a past episode, we discovered a, a delightful quirk of this spell. Yeah, I don't remember what... Uh, speak with animals, maybe, was what we no, were no, doing um, the episode on when we thought about this. It wasn't speak with animals. It was... Awaken. It was awaken. It was awaken. And we wanted to awaken tardigrades. <laughs> yeah, and so I don't know why, but it had me think about how... I have no idea why, but uh, it had me think about how in the D&D system, tiny is the smallest... You can't go any smaller. Uh, ...size category. And so anything, you know, smaller than whatever tiny is supposed to be mm. is tiny. Microscopic, even. Yeah. My, I mean, there's no microscopic size, so ti- it's tiny, I guess. Yeah, it's still tiny. Um, 
but when you enlarge something, you increase it by an entire step. So whatever it was before, it's whatever tiny version of tiny it was before, it's small now. You've got a pet tardigrade yeah, for so one minute. If you've got like something that's normally microscopic, and this is where the spell description and some of the game mechanics don't totally line up, and so different DMs might interpret it differently. But like a tardigrade, which is a microscopic animal, I guess, creature. We'll say creature. That's mm-hmm. a little bit more. A micros- I guess it has to be an animal because it's alive, right? <laughs> okay, so uh, tardigrade, microscopic mm-hmm. animal. If you cast enlarge on it, you've got two conflicting things here. One is that it should be increased to a small creature because it's currently a tiny creature. Right. But the other thing to keep in mind is that it says it increases by two in all dimensions, which certainly does not make it even close to small. <laughs> so your DM has to decide True. which of those things oh. takes priority. But if if it's that it becomes small, I do think that opens up a lot of very fun, like you can cast it on an ant and suddenly this ant is the size of a dog. Yeah. Um, and can carry. Right. Oh yeah. Carry however much a gigantic tiny... amount of stuff. Yeah. Um, that might actually be the ultimate pack animal. Then instead of like elephants and enlarging them, you enlarged just enlarged ant. an ant to be small size. And it's like, yeah, we'll load that thing up with a couple tons and boom. Slap it. Go on. One, you got one minute. Thorax. Yeah. 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 Slap it on the um, thorax. I'm also thinking about scientific applications. So if you are able to see Microsoft, oh, yeah. microscopic things, I feel like being able to enlarge them and look at them even closer um, might increase the amount of actual science in your world. Yeah, it's very interesting because a lot of spells facilitate a much faster rate of progress, advancing science. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly one way in which it does this. If you can, like, I mean, even just doubling the dimensions, even if that's all you can do, if you've got a microscope and can see a tardigrade, increasing that tardigrade by twice its size is still going to help you see details that you weren't able to see. Increasing an ant by twice its size is going to help. You know, its anatomy and how it fits together. You could be making really cool ant-like armor suddenly because of exoskeletons and things like that. And let's be honest. If you can see invisible things with a spell, you should be able to see microscopic things with a spell. Although, yeah, I mean, somebody would have to to know to create a spell to see those things. They would have to know that they existed in the first place. But I could see a mad mage being like, I want to see smaller things. (laughs) Just like going crazy with it. Yeah, for sure. Actually, that would probably be how it would be discovered because you'd be trying to look at something that was like so tiny that you had to squint. And you'd be working on a spell to help with that. I, I and can't then... look at this. It's hurting my eyes. And then yeah. makes it bigger. Yeah. Looks at it. Another way in which this might interact with science is it would be, I imagine, I don't know because I'm not a surgeon. I imagine, you might be surprised to know. What? But. You took my appendix out. <laughs> How'd you do that? Well, that was for sale though. Yeah. A lot of medical procedures and surgeries, I imagine, would be significantly easier mm. if a person was twice their size. One minute at a time. One minute getting, at a time. Getting yeah, down I mean, in there. You'd probably wait till they were open already. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I'm just thinking like really delicate, delicate cuts and stuff. Use a, use a smaller, more dexterous yeah. hand. Right. Right. Medical checks would again become pertinent finally in games. Right. I think we did one other spell where it finally made medical checks. 
Oh, it was uh, detect disease. <laughs> Which actually, I think it just eliminates that the need, the need for, for that, that altogether. Yeah, maybe. So. Maybe so. Finally, I think this last bit really would impact like a city or or the look of a place. The big kind of setting impact of this spell is that if it's not too difficult, if kind of low level mages, hedge mages can cast and large reduce, which they can. You only have to be third level in artificer, sorcerer, or wizard to be able to cast this. Uh, well, oh, I'm sorry, artificer. I think you have to be fifth or sixth because they are they're a half they're caster. Take or another other. Um, if there are enough people around that can cast the spell and you can always call on them easily, then it makes sense for you to start building infrastructure and architecture with that in mind. Like I'm thinking you have tracks on the on the floor and the ceiling where you can just put a wall in and when you want to rearrange the inside of your house, you call you invite somebody over to shrink those walls. Modular homes. Yeah, modular homes. I mean, you know, <laughs> like you can have the in- interior of your home be whatever you want because yeah. you can just shrink the installations down, move them, and then in a minute they grow back up to their full size. So I think I, I've, I, it's hard for me to picture exactly what all implications that would have for architecture. Well, it reminds me of that part in... Uh, uh, the Zelda game Breath of the Wild, where there were modular homes in one of the one of the villages, and it, it was just square boxes that uh-huh. they were kind of stacking up. So something something like that, perhaps. Um, I'm also thinking of great big slabs for walls mm-hmm. um, or gates that operate using just a slab of stone, and somebody's there to reduce that slab to let people in. Yeah. Uh, things like that. So the whole look of a city like that, if it was more great big solid slabs of stone, I think it would really be a distinctive architecture choice uh, when describing a a cool new setting like that. Yeah. I don't know anything about architecture, but it would be really cool to see. I mean, I I just think, I think the spell would have a huge impact on that and it would be fun to see what that looks like. I do think you're right that big slabs and panels mm-hmm. would be a feature of it, you know? 100%. Feel so, free. like I mentioned, architecture and infrastructure. Oh, infrastructure. So yeah, architecture, yeah, yeah. I think, is probably going to be the most visible thing that mm-hmm. it changes. Um, but certain kinds of uh, infrastructure, I think, are going to be heavily influenced by this, too. Like, I had this idea that dams in these set, dams mm. in a setting like this, I, first of all, I have no idea how dams actually function. But they hold back water. They hold. I know they hold back water. Right, yeah, that's okay, the thing good. I know. We about. got that. I can picture whether it's a natural dam or a man-made dam or a person-made dam that you could have like plugs. Whether that's like a natural, like a boulder, mm-hmm. or an actual like lid or whatever else man-made on the dam, and then when you want to release some of the pressure or get water flowing, you cast reduce on it. Everything flows, and then depending upon the thing, it's either at the end of the minute it grows back and then it's sealed again, or if you've shrunk it and it shoot out shoots out the hole that no longer holds, that which might also be how you develop it. Right. Then you shrink another lid, bring it down there, and it, have it expand to, to close it back up. The social utility of running water in your town would be, be neat. Yeah. I mean... I don't know enough about infrastructure. Like so many things, I'm clueless about. <laughs> we know it exists. Right. And so we can play with it in our game, our minds, the our games minds in our game. minds, our minds game, as I like to call it, our minds game. 
Well, if you have any ideas for your minds game at home, you can tweet us at DispelMagicPod on Twitter. Uh, Benjamin, where can we find you? You can find me at Sterling Vermin on Twitter or at SterlingVermin.com on the web. The internet. You can find me at Dane in Danger, any place you'd care to search for it. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again after your next long rest. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Dispel Magic. If this has inspired any ideas for your game, or you have another take on today's topic, please let us know on Twitter, at DispelMagicPod. You can find Benjamin, at Sterling Vermin, and Dane, at Dane in Danger. Thank you to Slim Mittens for our cover art, produced by Benjamin Huffman, produced and edited by Dane Fox McGraw.